Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Have a Little Insight. My name is Jenny. I am your host. And this is the podcast where we dive into people's personal stories, lived experience or expertise, because we're working to make a kinder, more understanding and compassionate world out there. So thank you so much for tuning in and welcome back to the show. Before we get started, if you love this show, if you find something beneficial in listening, I encourage you to please share it with a friend, a family member, a coworker on your Facebook post. It just helps us reach more and more people. And if you have an extra five seconds on top of that, if you could hop on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would be greatly appreciated. We always like to hear from our listeners out there. And uh, happy Pride Month, everybody. It's June, which is the well-known month of pride across the globe. So today we're going to talk about gay pride or LGBTQ2+. Pride, if you'd prefer. And we're going to talk about why we celebrate Pride and a little bit of a history on gay rights. So hopefully you get a little bit of something out this. I know that I learned a lot more about it. I used to look at Pride as a good time to go out and be accepted and party with my friends, but there's so much more behind the event than that. So hopefully this leaves you something to think about during this month and uh, next time you go to celebrate the uniqueness and beautifulness of who you are. So let's get to it. It's Jenny. This week, it's going to be just me, no guests, no expert. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about why we celebrate Pride and a history of gay rights. I've always enjoyed Pride. It's a great party. It's a good time with my friends. I love getting out there. I love how vibrant it is. Um, but I've been wondering why we celebrate Pride and why we're afforded a Pride Month or a Pride Week if you're privileged enough to live at least in Western culture or parts of the world where that's permitted, which is thankfully most of the world now. But maybe there's more of a reason to celebrate than I thought. So over the years, I've been asked many times, mainly by heterosexual people, why do you get a Pride Parade? And my answer to this question has always been, well, you weren't oppressed. Or I've heard other people say, every day is a straight day. The other reality is that for LGBTQ2 plus folks, it's that we always feel a little bit different and out of place. So kind of like women and patriarchy, we live in this predominantly heterosexual society and that feeling's always present. So here's how this works, at least for me, I can only speak from my own experience. Everybody's experience is different, especially in the community, because I'm sure I have no doubt that for transgender folk or um, bisexual people, there's a spectrum of things we all have to deal with. But from my personal experience, being gay in a straight world or living in a predominantly heterosexual society means that most of the time I feel fine and like I fit in perfectly because of the equality and privilege that is now afforded to us. But every once in a while, there's a feeling of insecurity that maybe somebody is watching or judging or just staring a little bit longer because we are a same-sex couple. So that's what I mean around living in a predominantly heterosexual culture, which is just the reality of the situation. The majority of the population is heterosexual. And when I was thinking about pride, this left me wondering, outside of being oppressed, 
and having to stand up for what's considered normal, what were the catapults and defining events that led to what we now call pride? Because I want to get beyond that party, you know, pride parade, dykes on bikes, rainbows everywhere, glitter, sparkle, crazy fun times, which is definitely part of what pride is. But there has to be a history to this event or events that led us to celebrating and being able to to celebrate. So I've never looked into this topic before. And what I discovered is that typically when people think about gay pride or the history of gay pride, they think of an event called the Stonewall Riots, also referred to as the Stonewall Uprising, which occurred on June 28th, 1969 in New York City. Ha ha ha. This is why we have pride in June. Discovery number one. So here's what happened. The Stonewall Riots occurred on June 28, 1969 in New York City when police raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay club that was located in Greenwich Village. And here's what history says. Quote, the raid sparked a riot among bar patrons and neighborhood residents as police roughly hauled employees and patrons out of the bar, leading to six days of protests and violent clashes with law enforcement outside of the bar located on Christopher Street. The riots continued in neighboring streets and in nearby Christopher Park. The Stonewall riots served as a catalyst for the gay rights movement in the United States and around the world. Pretty simple definition. So police raided a known gay club. People were pulled out. There was excessive violence. It resulted in rioting. So let's talk a little bit before that. So I'm going to ask you what you think about when you hear the word solicitation. Think about it for a sec. What do you think about when you hear the word solicitation? For me, when I hear the word solicitation, it's a word I associate in today's world with sex work and prostitutes in our modern times. So soliciting sex, but solicitation on its own actually means the act of asking or trying to obtain something from someone else. During that time in New York and in many other places and for years before, it was illegal to solicit same-sex relationship. And in fact, it is still illegal in over 70 countries. And in fact, you can be given the death penalty in 12 different countries. Now, it might sound like I'm digressing a little bit, but this is an important note for many reasons. Number one, there's still work to do in many countries around the world. And number two, it's important to note, I think, the wording used in terms of solicitation um, because of the connotation that it can sometimes have, but it's actually quite an innocent word. And this is just natural human behavior to seek out something that we desire. So I think the, the insane part here is that there's still 70 countries in our world and 12 where you can be given the death penalty for being gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, whatever identity word you want to use. That's insane. And part of maybe why we still need pride today, although it's more of a celebration than a protest. I'm digressing. So if we go back to Stonewall, as a result of the illegal nature of same-sex solicitation at the time, which is what I just talked about, gay, lesbian, and bisexuals of that era flocked to clubs because that's where they felt free to openly express themselves without worry. However, the liquor authority often penalized and shut down establishments suspected of serving LGBTQ clientele. 
quote the time, the mere gathering of homosexuals was considered disorderly. Now, activist actions overturned these regulations in 1966, so that permitted alcohol to be sold to homosexuals in licensed establishments. So what happened in 1969? So if you're allowed to sell alcohol now, as of 1966, to homosexuals, how did the police have justification to uh, commit the raid that happened at Stonewall in 1969? Well, despite that overturn in regulation, sadly but simply, gay behavior, so holding hands, kissing, or dancing with an individual of the same sex, was still considered illegal. So police raids and harassment continued. So now I'm going to give you a recounting of what happened, according to a quote in a history book, at Stonewall on June 28, 1969. Side note, again, there were many demonstrations and actions in terms of gay rights activism prior to this. In fact, the first one dates back to 1924. Regardless, it seems, Stonewall was the breaking point, and as such is frequently remembered as the first. So here's what went down according to the history I could dig up on the good old intranet. Armed with a warrant, police officers entered the Stonewall Inn. They roughed up patrons, and finding bootlegged alcohol, they arrested 13 people, including employees and people violating the state's gender-appropriate clothing statute. Here's something that was really disgusting, but not totally surprising. Female officers would take suspected cross-dressing patrons... People, we now don't use that term. We would refer to them as um, likely transgender. Cross-dressing is kind of a frowned-upon term in the community now. But police, this is the wording from the history books, female officers would take the suspected cross-dressing patrons into the bathroom to check their sex. Super appalling, huge violation. Different time, but still. In terms of the bootleg alcohol, this was a really interesting point, but the Stonewall Inn and a lot of gay bars at that time were actually run by the mafia. So bootlegged alcohol isn't really a strange term here. It sounds like, from what I've read, that this is merely a legal means for the police to take action against the gay community and their establishments. At least that's my interpretation. So bootlegged alcohol is obviously illegal. There's a reason for the raid, along with the fact that same-sex solicitation is um, still illegal. So here's my interpretation of the Stonewall Uprising. It was a situation of enough is enough. After years of discrimination and harassment, instead of dispersing, here's what happened. The clientele of the Stonewall Inn hung around outside the bar after the raid. They became increasingly agitated as events unfolded. Of course, they were watching people they knew, maybe, or other people around them who were aggressively manhandled by police. And according to History.com's account, the inciting incident of the riot came at this point. An officer hit a lesbian over the head as he forced her into the police van. The lesbian then shouted out to the onlookers to act, inciting the crowd to begin throwing pennies, bottles, cobblestones, and other objects at the police, and within minutes, the crowd erupted into a full-blown riot involving hundreds of people. Now, the history accounts that I read state that individuals, including police and a few prisoners and a journalist, actually barricaded themselves inside the bar. It gets crazier. The mob then repeatedly tried to set the bar on fire. Insanity. Let's continue. So, eventually, a riot squad was able to disperse the crowd, 
rescue the people barricaded in the bar. But here's the here's the kicker, people, and here's why I think this is remembered as the key moment in gay rights. And there's a lot of big moments coming up. These riots, sorry, I should call it the inciting moment, not the key moment. It was the inciting moment. These riots continued for five days and involved thousands of people at the time. This was also the inciting event that catapulted LGBT activism, numerous gay rights organizations such as GLAAD and PFLAG. I didn't know all of this stuff about Pride. Did anybody, if, if, did you guys know this? I'm curious. Or do you just go out for the party? Because I'm not ashamed to admit that that's what I did. But this is astonishing. So when I first started my research, um, I was surprised. But then I started to think about it and I thought, well, revolution, fights for freedom, Equality and true justice, they're never pretty. They unfortunately often result in violence and riots and are a huge expression of anger from long periods of oppression. Like what I'm reading about here is a lot of what I feel like we saw with um, BLM and the George Floyd stuff that just happened in the United States. It's a lot of what I saw in history, things like um, the trial of the Chicago 7 so it's not really that surprising, but I really want to help build that correlation between this is what happened. This is the event that we have today, parades, parties, rainbows, sparkles, having fun. But what happened was an uprising and a revolution and a fight for equality that took decades and decades to establish. So maybe we do celebrate because we've been oppressed or maybe we celebrate our fight back or the place that we've earned since then. But to me, part of being human is celebrating victories and equality and the, the privilege that we're afforded now in Western culture is largely due to the people that have rioted and stood up before and faced persecution, arrest, beatings. We wouldn't have that without them. And unfortunately, the truth is our differences have often divided us. Things like sexual orientation, the color of our skin, religion, culture, upbringing, all of these differences can divide us if we let them. So here's the challenge. How can we find understanding and space for all of us to adopt a live and let live mentality? There is a line here, which is you're not doing harm unto others. But I think that's the real challenge. How can we step back and be united instead of divided by differences? And maybe it is a live and let live mentality. Like, I don't know. I think for me, the first step lies in education, learning about things like the Stonewall riots, doing podcast episodes like we did before on what it's like to be a black woman from the perspective of a black woman to lean into and learn more about things we don't understand so that we can be less afraid of them so that we can be more understanding. And we can only learn in my opinion from those who have walked in the shoes before us 
and accounts of history, both in error and in triumph. We can learn from mistakes and we can learn from victories. So let's talk about victories and other key events in gay rights history to think about next time you go to Pride and decide to celebrate. In 1974, Kathy Kajenko won a seat to the Ann Harbor Michigan City Council, becoming the first out American to be elected to public office. In 1978, the famous Henry Milk became the San Francisco city supervisor, which made him the first openly gay elected official in California. Gilbert Baker, a gay rights activist, stitched together the first ever rainbow flag, which was unveiled at the Pride Parade in 1978. Let's touch on that, the Pride Parade. To be honest, for me, it's a little overdone in our modern world, but I've learned it has a poignant part in history. The Pride Parade exists because one year after the Stonewall riots, thousands of people marched from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park in what was then called Christopher Street Liberation Day and marked as America's first gay Pride Parade. So we celebrate, or rather pay respect for the people who set us free, a piece of knowledge that is lacking in our celebrations today for me personally, paying respect and remembering that people fought for these rights, and that I am privileged to have today. Now, before we wrap up, I would like to touch more on the history that is present here in Canada. Here we go. On May 14, 1969, Canada decriminalized homosexual acts between consenting adults with the passage of the Criminal Law Amendment Act. In August of 1971, the first protest for gay rights took place in Ottawa and Vancouver, demanding an end to all forms of discrimination against gays and lesbians. In 1973, Pride Week became a national LGBT rights event held in August in several cities, which is why, if you've ever wondered, in Canada we often have Pride in August as opposed to June, but then we have Pride Month in June. Maybe it's all coming together now. Stonewall happened in June thus Pride Month, because it was the inciting event for the gay rights movement like across the globe. And in Canada, Pride Week was declared an event in August. In 1974, the Brunswick Four were arrested. Mm, who are they? Have you heard of them? I hadn't heard of them before. So this was the inciting event in gay rights activism in Canada and is often compared to the Stonewall Riots of 1969. According to the Canadian Encyclopedia, on January 5th of 1974, Adrian Rosen, Pat Murphy, Sue Wells, and Lamar Van Dyke, I think it's really important to recognize their names and who they were, attended an amateur performance night at a popular pub called the Brunswick House in Toronto's Annex neighborhood. Three of the women took to the stage to perform a parody of the song, I Enjoy Being a Dyke, which was adapted from the Rodgers and Hammerstein song entitled I Enjoy Being a Girl. They got tons of applause from other patrons, but the four women were refused further service and the manager of the pub ordered them out of the bar. The four women refused to leave, and so the manager called the police. This is just the beginning. The four women were then dragged from the Brunswick house by eight Toronto police officers, injuring two of the women in the process. Upon release, the women refused to leave the police station and were eventually forcibly removed from the building. Adrian Rosen was punched, thrown to the ground by a police officer in the resulting struggle. The four eventually faced trial and were actually acquitted of all charges except for Adrian Rosen, who was charged with creating a disturbance. This event 
the Brunswick Four, inspired Toronto's LGBTQ plus community in their ongoing fight for equality and is one of the key historical moments in Canada's gay rights movement. In fact, it's often compared to the Stonewall riots of 1969. With that, other key events in Canadian Canada's history and gay rights, if you're ready for it, because it's a little bit of a long list here, include... In 1979, Montreal and Vancouver became the first Canadian cities to host an official Pride March and Festival. In 1988, British Columbia MP Sven Robinson came out as Canada's first openly gay member of Parliament. May 17, 1990, the World Health Organization voted off homosexuality as a mental health disease. 1990. That wasn't that long ago. None of these dates were that long ago, actually. It's astounding. In 1992, the federal court lifts the ban on gays and lesbians in the military. 1992. I was 12 at that time. Before then, they were still hiding and trying to operate undercover in the military. They weren't allowed to... It's just... Anyways, it's crazy. In 1999, the Supreme Court rules in case M versus H that same-sex couples must be afforded the same rights as opposite-sex couples in common-law relationships. In April of 2000, 21 years ago, seems like a lot, but it's not, the Canadian government passes Bill C-23. The vote was 174 to 72, granting same-sex couples in common-law relationships the same tax benefits as common-law heterosexual couples. You're still only afforded the same tax benefits. You're still not allowed to legally marry in 2000. In 2002... The Ontario Supreme Court rules that prohibiting same-sex couples from marrying is unconstitutional and violates the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. In 2005, Bill C-38 becomes law, giving same-sex couples the legal right to marry, making Canada the fourth country in the world to legalize gay marriage. May 28, 2019, the World Health Organization drops transgender from the mental health DSM. <laughs> it's crazy. And the list goes on and on. But to me, this is why we celebrate. Just as we celebrate any victory or battle against oppression and fight for revolution because we continue to progress. We continue to be better humans to each other because we continue to see more and more equality because we are able to move forward with more understanding and less fear and less hatred of what might be different than us. We also celebrate to pay respect, respect to the people who fought, sometimes literally and physically paid for what we are granted today. So I say thank you. Thank you to all of those who fought for me to be able to live my truth and live openly. Thank you to not just my friends and family who have accepted unconditionally and continually support me, but to allies and advocates everywhere of all movements for equality. I owe you my respect, my thoughtfulness, and my freedom because you stood up. And as we come to an end, I ask you to take a minute and think. Next time someone asks you about pride or you see a rainbow flag or an advertisement for an LGBTQ2 plus event, if you were ever asked why there is a pride, I hope you can share some of the history behind the event, the immense sacrifice and bravery it demanded. I know the next time someone asks me, I will say, there is a pride 
because in 1969 and many more years before and after, people fought for the equality that I am so luckily graced with today. And those people deserve to be remembered, respected, and celebrated. Thank you. If you found this episode helpful, educational, useful, if it motivated or moved you in a way, please take a minute right now to share it with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or your mom. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to hit follow anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss another episode like this. Thank you so much for listening. This is Have a Little Insight, and I am your host, Jenny. Have a great week. Take care and keep smiling, everybody. Happy Pride.